One of my favorite art museums in the world is um, the Uffizi in Florence, and, um, and in, in particular, I really love their collection of medieval altarpieces. And um, one time I was there, and I was just in front of one of my, my favorite works of art that they have, uh, the Adoration of the Magi uh, by Gentile de Fabriano. And um, I was just looking at this beautiful work of, you know, uh, great painting of just the three kings laying down their gifts uh, before our, the baby Jesus, and I was just kind of lost in admiration and, and wonder and contemplation, um, when all of a sudden kind of that, that spell was broken by someone else who was gazing at the work and just simply said, uh, I'm not one for religious art, but this is beautiful. I'm not one for religious art, but this is beautiful. And as I have walked through, you know, the crowded streets of Rome and other popular cities of Christendom, uh, this comment has come back to me quite often. I'm not one for religious art, but this is beautiful. And this kind of line, this comment that I heard, you know, at the Uffizi, uh, especially comes when I see these huge undulating lines uh, waiting to go into St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, or huge crowds gathered around uh, Caravaggio's, you know, beautiful depiction of the calling of St. Matthew uh, in the church of San Luigi de Francesi. And um, yeah, this comment keeps coming back to me. Uh, I'm not one for religious art, but this is beautiful. Because I find it incredible how millions, if not billions, seek out and travel and look upon these beautiful religious works of art and these beautiful churches uh, only as an exercise of becoming more cultured or as a pursuit of the pleasure that comes with looking at pretty things. Um, it just always amazes me how people can, you know, beauty can so often be separated from the source of all beauty. God, what should I really be so surprised? The message of the gospel today says I shouldn't because Jesus' parable gets at the fact that God has time and time revealed himself as a source of all beauty and all goodness only to fade in the background of the minds of those he has revealed himself to. The tenants of God's vineyards, God's chosen people, time and time again forgot the source of all goodness and turned to idols and their own self-gratification. Even through all God's reminders, even though he sent countless prophets, and even though he sent his very son, Jesus Christ. And for us, too, you know, all his people born into his life through our baptism, how often can we forget God's goodness and lose sight of our purpose to work in these fields, to work in this world and harvest the fruit Christ has sown, to bear spiritual fruit uh, with our lives. How often do we get caught up in our own uh, wills and desires and find ourselves um, separating beauty from its source, God? How often do we think that we could have a beautiful life and have it without God or at least uh, just having it with God as something on the side, something extra. I'm not one for religious art, but this is beautiful. This comment is at the forefront of my thoughts because I don't have to go to Rome to witness people who are able to look at truth and beauty and goodness and be unaffected. I witness that every Sunday. I know at every Mass 
They are people who can look and eat the truth, the beauty, the goodness, and be unaffected. And I know this because that has been me at times, because that has been me. It is now so different um, reading this gospel as a priest because not only do I see myself as those tenants who failed uh, to work in the fields, who failed to harvest them and bear spiritual fruit, but I also commiserate with the landowner who is constantly reminding the tenants of how they should live only to be ignored. And I have wrestled with the thought that if the most beautiful works of religious art, if the most beautiful churches uh, you know, cannot change hearts. If there are millions and millions of people who could go through Rome and see all these beautiful works and remain unaffected, how can I expect to change hearts? I, who am not some beautiful work of art, I, who am, you know, not the best orator either. But I have peace. And the peace I have, the peace which St. Paul speaks of in the second reading, um, is that my role is just to be the landowner's messenger, his imperfect instrument uh, to preach and teach about the beauty, the truth, and the goodness of our God uh, week to week, day to day, uh, and, um, and just leave the results to him. I know everyone here wants a beautiful life. You know, if you didn't want that, you wouldn't be here today. But you will not have the beautiful life you desire if God is nothing more than a beautiful reality contained within a frame that you look at once a week. But he must be the reality that dominates every aspect of your life. And so I leave you with Christ's words, uh, and the rest is up to you. Either your life bears spiritual fruit, or as it says in the gospel, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit.